Officially unofficial podcast for AMC's Mad Men. I'm Jim. And I'm Aaron. And this week we're covering season five, episode four, entitled Mystery Date. It's uh, an interesting title for this episode. What'd you think about it? It was mysterious. It was very mysterious. Datey. Uh, no, it wasn't really mysterious or datey. Uh, uh, overall, I thought this episode was really, really good. Best episode of the season? Um. I like the premiere, but I think that's maybe because we haven't had Mad Men in 17 months. It was two hours of concentrated Mad Men action. Yeah, that helped. Uh, So, yeah, probably the best episode so far. Yeah. Uh, A lot of really good themes running through this episode. Uh, It felt like a very cohesive hour of television. Yeah, it did. Um, And I guess we'll get into that as we go through the recap here, unless you had some news up front. Um. So I have some research about the spec murders. Should okay. we do that at the top, or should we wait till we get to it in recap? Uh, let's wait until it just kind of comes up. All right. Uh, all right, let's get into the recap. The first scene is Don uh, running into an old fling of his in the elevator, Andrea, uh, and he tries to kind of explain that to Megan. Uh, that Look, it was uh, an old fling of mine, but, you know, that, that was a while ago. It was a while ago. Uh, she calls him his her dirty penny. Her what is it? Old penny. <laughs> what? Yeah, she calls Don something. Uh, I think it's I was old distracted penny. by how uh, I was. First of all, let's go back to the music because we've we've lost our way. Uh, <laughs> I I I was distracted by how bad Don looked. He was hacking yeah. up a lung. Mm-hmm. He's sick. He's got dark rings under his eyes. He's a little sweaty. Mm-hmm. My immediately, my immediate thought was, "Oh shit!" Chekhov's cough. Ooh. He just went hard. He went ham on the tobacco industry. Mm-hmm. He's mm-hmm. he's says he's giving up smoking, although we've seen him smoke this season already when mm-hmm. he's not around Megan. And I'm thinking, my God, is Don Draper going to die of lung cancer? It first viewing. I would agree with that sentiment. We already know that Don Draper is going to have to choke a bitch, but is he going to have to die of <laughs> lung cancer too? Second viewing, I strongly disagree with the idea that Don is yes. somehow developing cancer. Or, yeah, and we'll we'll get to that later on. But they or any health problems beyond just a cold, like okay. like you said. I'm not. So you okay? I th- I think there is evidence within the episode, and I'll talk about it when we get to that scene. But I think there's episode or evidence in the episode to say that he's just sick. Okay. I agree he's just sick, but he could also have lung cancer, too. Yeah. Well, it's it's kind of a necessary component for this dream, right? This may not be a dream that he would normally have, or in this dream, he may not do the things that he does dream, if wait, he were just normal. Spoiler alert. What the hell? <laughs> oh, we're talking about the episode. I would hope you've seen it. If you no, haven't, some please people, turn this off. There's some people that listen Those people to like insane. a minute or two of our podcast, pause it, uh-huh. watch the show. We like just hold their hands and walk them through the episode. Gotcha. So, so you, every scene, they watch it and then they you, unpause us. Yeah. Until you've talked about that scene on a recap, it's a spoiler, Jim. Jesus. <laughs> oh, well, I'm sorry. I've always been. Uh, well, let's move on to the next scene then so we All can right. quit spoiling the elevator scene. Yes. Uh, the copywriters check out 
the crime scene pictures, and Ginsburg gets kind of uh, a little miffed about it. He's yeah, he not did. happy with it. Got a little butt hurt. Which, honestly, I can't blame him. That's uh, pretty messed up. I mean, they're staring at pictures of mutilated uh, corpses of nurses. It's kind of messed up. And I was actually a little shocked that Peggy got as into it as she did. Yeah, like, and even Megan. a little out of character. Megan just two episodes ago, or three, depending on how you you number it, was bitching about how soulless and smirky and how they don't Mm -hmm. smile. And here she is, like, you know, gaping at these lurid photos with a smile on her face, which Ginsburg kind of points out. But that's what people do, right? Uh... I don't know. I the, mean, the, that, I would certainly be curious to see the pictures, but I don't know that I'd be giddy about seeing the pictures. I don't think I'd be giddy either, but there's a compulsion, a human compulsion to yeah. see stuff like that. And that's yeah. really gotten me on trouble on the internet because there's some things I shouldn't have seen <laughs> yeah. that I wish I could unsee till the time I die and I have to bear that like a cross. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. So uh, this is the pre-internet version of that. Yeah. Yeah. You got the un- uncut photos right from the i think they were pretty cut up i think it's fully cut oh yeah (laughs) so uh who was that uh the uh, joyce joyce is the name of the i was trying to think of in the the preseason episode we're talking about the kind of lesbian that had oh yeah designs for peggy Mm -hmm. and they're still friends photos in yep yeah uh i don't know why but i just didn't like peggy getting so happy about these pictures (laughs) i also like how they turn the tables on ginsburg and they're like oh you're gonna make us feel guilty for Take, making this a joke, we're just going to make a bigger, bigger, and bigger joke and put it all on you, buddy. <laughs> all right. And Joyce was the she was the girl under the bed that survived. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Do you want to do you want to talk about this these murders? Okay, yeah, you've done a little research on because the positively IDs where we're at in the timeline. We were just a July fourth with the Fat Betty episode. Uh, the murders happened on uh, July fourteenth, nineteen sixty six, early morning hours. Oh, okay. So a few uh, days have passed here. Yep, this dude, uh, he's a, uh, so Richard Speck was a mass murderer who systematically tortured, raped, and murdered eight student nurses from South Chicago Community Hospital. Mm-hmm. Um, he broke into their townhouse. Uh, he led the women one by one into a room and killed them with a knife. Mm-hmm. Um, and did this over the course of several hours. And I guess he strangled and, and, and the, he strangled and, and slashed few. He raped one. And one girl managed to wriggle underneath a bed while he was out of the room with one of his victims. Yeah. And he either lost count or didn't know how many were there. Mm-hmm. And she survived and stayed hidden until 6 o'clock in the morning got daylight. She, like, I guess ran out of her house and, you know, started screaming to people mm-hmm. to help her. Yeah. So it was super grisly and something shocking for that time of America. And Shocking uh, for any time, I'd say. <laughs> well, I feel like... We I, know that that stuff happens, but when you hear about it happening, it's different. I don't know, man. After Columbine and Jeffrey Dahmer, th- and there's nothing. I don't think there's a serial killer that could come up, and I'd be like, shit, how far have we fallen? Really? How can you get – yeah. With every new one, I'm constantly surprised again that people can be so horrible. Well, I mean, you find out these people – like in my research, they did an autopsy on this dude, and he's mm-hmm. he had a fucked up brain. The, 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 I the, hope so. Well, I mean, literally, it was like deformed. The portion that controls your rage and impulse huh. was merged weirdly with his long-term memory center. And oh, they're thinking okay. that's why. So it's like they're not even the people that are like serial killers are not really people. And maybe hmm. maybe I'm, you know, committing the whole thing of like, well, I can, you know, 
never do something like that. But I feel like people mm-hmm. that are this fucked up, there's just they're very broken. Yeah, I certainly don't feel like I could ever uh, kill eight nurses. Six, then six. we're talking. But eight, eh, that's a little six, much. It's, it's a full night's work, but you could probably get through it. Eight, yeah, one every hour and a half or so. You're just a man. You're just one man. <laughs> uh, that's disturbing. Isn't that even mentioned in this episode? It doesn't uh, Pauline actually say to Sally, oh, he could yes. possibly rape nine of us? Yes. That's kind of fucked up. Right. Well, I mean, I guess what she's saying is, like, you know, someone knocks at the door and you're with mm-hmm. eight other women. You think, what's the worst that could happen? Uh-huh. Well. Well, you found out. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Or at least the one who survived did. Uh-huh. All right. Let's move on. Uh, the next scene is Joan's mother trying to calm down uh, Joan as she freaks out about her husband, Greg, arriving home. Um, actually, I think she's doing a good job at freaking Joan out, and it was my interpretation. <laughs> a little bit, yeah, yeah. She's basically telling Joan what he's going to want when he gets home. Apparently, he's going to want to stick his elbow into a <laughs> hole until <laughs> he can the? fit all the way through. And I'm like, what the <laughs> hell am I? Wa- You're filthy, Miss Joan. You're filthy. Uh, yeah. Okay. First of all, we all know what the hole is here. Uh, second of all, the el- you never put your elbow first into anything. What what have you ever put elbow first? Like gone into elbow first? Maybe an elbow drop. This joke has gone on too long. Let's discuss right. the scene. <laughs> Sounds good. Uh, so her strategy is she wants him to see his son first. Mm-hmm. Mom wants him to get it in first, which is yep. kind of creepy. Yeah, a little. And but then again, this just kind of illuminates more about Miss about her. Yeah, Miss uh, Mrs. Holloway and the relationship between her father. Yeah, and what she thinks you need to do to keep a man and. What what I think Joan probably got the more rational. You do the bait and switch. You bait with the baby. And you switch to the switch. <laughs> the switch. So, All right. uh, yeah, yeah. So she eventually agrees that uh, that's what she'll do. Well, I the guess. Joan strategy. Yeah. Uh, so the next scene is Sally calling Don to tell him how much she hates Pauline. Because Pauline is a horrible person. Uh-huh. We don't really know the extent yet, but oh my god. At this point, I kind of thought that Sally might be pandering to her old man. <laughs> uh-huh. Because she's just really playing up how much she hates his mother, this grandmother. And yeah. Don, like, you know, it's like, well, you need to get outside. You want to get rickets in that creepy old castle. Yeah, so yeah. I almost feel like that's something you don't want to do from a child development standpoint. You don't want to put down the new family and the mother. Mm-hmm. But I kind of feel like that's one of the ways they bond. They talk about how horrible Betty and the that new family yeah. is, yeah, and how yeah. creepy their house is, and mm-hmm. how well, mommy's getting fat. Yeah. <laughs> how deep it goes, but they certainly do that. There's also this is the beginning of the Cinderella uh, analogy here, right, with Sally. Mm-hmm. Um, ah, yes, the creepy old castle, the wicked stepmother. Come on, yeah, the wicked She's stepmother being forced to endure. Uh, and we go right from that scene into the scene where Ginsburg uh, and Stan are pitching the butler shoe thing to mm-hmm. Don. Um, and there's a lot of stuff in here about, obviously, the Cinderella thing. And, and here, I, I would say, this is the scene where I found evidence for Don not being sick uh, beyond just a cold. I think there, there's a line where Ginsburg suggests you could have TB. Yeah. And this is immediately after uh, Stan says that Don said it would be too cliche uh, for them to do the Cinderella thing. And I'm thinking they're going meta here. Yeah. Yeah. They're saying they're, they're saying it would be too cliche for 
Don to have cancer or TV or any kind of disease for this to be Chekhov's cough. So you think that's a way for them to talk to the savvy people that would be looking for this to be Chekhov's or Sulu's cough? I think so, yeah. To be like, nope, settle down, y'all. Settle down. <laughs> uh-huh. That would be stupid. Yeah. That would be cliche. That would be hackneyed. The wiener is many things, but hackneyed is not. <laughs> Definitely. That's All what right. I think anyway. Well, if he turns out of lung cancer this season, then, are then we, that, yeah. we're calling wiener a hack, right? We're going to write a sternly worded letter to him. Uh, if he has cancer, sure. Why not? <laughs> All right. Well, I'm glad to have you and your secret decoder ring here to tell me these things. <laughs> uh, this is a really funny scene though. I, I do like it. Uh, so, they point so, out the sleeping beauty and, and snow white are more necrophilia Cinder, than yeah. shoes. Yeah. Uh, I, now I don't know what this last line by Don means. What was his last line? His immediate follow up was it's footwear. Don't make that mistake. Yeah. What? And I don't – if you're a fan that has a problem with us not knowing what the hell's going on, this is probably going to enrage you, but I have no idea what the hell that's supposed to mean. Don't make that mistake? I don't know what mistake he's talking about. Uh, I think that this guy – so Stan, I think that mm-hmm. Don is like, don't get that highbrow. Like, don't mention a concept and then try to dismiss it like, well, it's more about necrophilic because they're not going to get it. Kind of like, you know, because okay. he's kind of been burnt when he pitched the high concept erotic swimwear ad to uh-huh. the button down conservative swimwear people. And sure. he got, he's maybe trying to caution that that's kind of how I took it. Hmm. But I could be totally wrong because that's just my best guess. Well, he's, he says, uh, don't make that mistake, but he's looking at uh, Ginsburg. So I don't know. Well, if it's something Ginsburg said, or if he's just talking to both of them as a group, I think maybe what? also he was like, "Don't like if we're not if we've decided against the Cinderella thing, don't don't bring it up to them and then say, well, it's too high concept, it's too dark. Don't oh, okay, All right. don't pitch, don't yeah. don't pitch an idea that you're not going to pitch. Basically, yeah, sure, makes sense. Uh, the next scene is Greg arriving home at uh, Jones' place. And he meets his new son and then reenacts his son's conception. <laughs> <laughs> uh, Actually, he didn't. He, he'd have to be Roger Sterling and be mugged <laughs> to reenact his conception. <laughs> I didn't see a cigar in the kid's mouth, so I'm not sure. Uh, uh, we, we shall see, though. Yeah. Um, I don't know. Not a ton to say here. He's obviously happy to see his new son uh, and Joan, both. Uh, and her her mother's going out for beer, and she film. she seems to be getting film. all of her money film. from Joan. Film, film. She's going out for film. A film and beer. No, film first, beer second. Okay. The B double E double R U N happens <laughs> later on Next in the episode. Scene. Okay. Uh, she's why is she getting so much money from Joan? She's just there mooching off Joan. You know, a divorcee. Uh, not getting life insurance, man. Life insurance? What the hell? I didn't say is widower. She, she divorced or widowed? Uh, I was under the impression that she was widowed, but she may be divorced. I'm not sure. Well, Joan made a lot of references about daddy leaving, so oh, I assume she's I one of those. those one of those moms. Okay. Which is kind of unusual and, and looked down upon in this era. Definitely, yeah. Uh, so then Megan and Don uh, discuss their meeting in the elevator with uh, Andrea. And Don's looking for aspirin. Uh, apparently, he's addicted to it. But he's gone through a whole bottle in the past. <laughs> That's not how that so. works, man. Uh, oh, I yeah, thought I, I thought he was talking about that morning. Oh God, no, a whole bottle okay. in the morning. No, right. no, no, no. Um, he's gone through it. It, it, and that to me is also funny because 
going through a whole bottle since Dawn had been there, eh, I don't know if that's a crazy amount as compared to today where people, like, pop it every six hours regardless of how they feel, you know? Yeah, right. Um, but none of the appliances are working correctly in this show. Like, mm-hmm. did you see the glass of water that he poured from that sink? Oh, yeah. It was disgusting. It yeah. was brown. I can't even believe he took a drink of it. I guess that's how New York water used to be from time to time. <laughs> I guess so. I, was reading, I don't know. I can't remember if it was on our Facebook site or something. One, one other that people were like, yeah, that's pretty legit, period, mm-hmm. like New York City water. Wow. Like, New York Gross. City water brags about how – New York City brags about how good their water is now. Mm-hmm. Uh, but back in the day. <laughs> it was pretty disgusting. Yeah. Uh, the next well, no, scene. Let's, let's, let's yeah. talk about this a little bit because I thought that Megan was pretty good about this. That she's like, you know, this is bothering me, but she didn't get like mm-hmm. she didn't withdraw like Betty or get history, you know, go into histrionics like Betty would. She's mm-hmm. just like, you know, this is how it makes me feel. Not overplaying, not underplaying it. You know, kind yeah. of talk about it. Uh, I mean, she also challenged him because Don was trying to like play it off and be like, well. You know, I was unhappy and like, well, that was when I was divorced. And she's like, well, she called his. I don't know that he says that's when I was divorced. Well, first he said, he said he I was, was divorced. Un- I was unhappy when she when mm-hmm. he mentioned a couple of his lovers. And then she, he, she rattled off a few more. And he's like, well, I was divorced. And she said, yes, but she called what I would say his sex addiction or his weird compulsion. She called it his careless appetite. Yeah, that you can't certainly. you can't blame that on Betty when you're divorced that you're going out mm-hmm. and nailing all this tail. Yeah, I get that, but I do want to say a lot of people are speculating that he's lying to her here, like lying to her face, saying I was divorced when I slept with all these women. I don't think that's what happened. I think he was saying I slept with all these women with Betty. I was unhappy. Then I got divorced. Well, so that kind of sections that part of my life. Off. Yes, he was trying to set a firewall. That yes, like, but, I don't think he was lying to her. No, I think yeah, no, but I do think mm-hmm. there's more than a hint that the elevator girl. I don't, I don't like where you're going with this, man. That he's cheated on her with Megan, or cheated on Megan with her. Right. That's what you want to say. Because there's just a lot of hmm. a lot of stuff that this doesn't add up about this story. Um. I'm going to get to that later on. I actually found a okay. neat little article I'm going to drop on on the listeners, but let, let's go. It's I don't think it's I don't think it's ripe. It needs to All ripen right. the fullness of the recap. Well, you know what is ripe? The <laughs> relish in Sally's sandwich. Uh, the next scene is where Sally puts relish on a kid's oh. sandwich. No kids like relish. Do no, they? none of them. No, maybe like, the German kids like, like I'm. Relish. I'm a heartless bastard. Uh-huh. I make my son eat the crust on the sandwich. Oh, but shame even on I. That. Even I would not try to put relish on one of his sandwiches. That's a no go. Yeah. Any yeah. little any little bits of colored food floating in a kid's food is mm-hmm. they don't like it. They don't like their food to be touching. Yeah. And mixed up like that. <laughs> All right. So Some knowledge drops. Yeah. Uh get that pickle shit out of there. You know what? I don't think Pauline really cares here. I think Pauline is a horrible fucking person. She's probably thinking, here's how fucked up parents think. And this is one of the problems. This is why violence uh-huh. begets violence. This woman thinks it's perfectly normal to kick a child when mm-hmm. they're minding their own business just to teach them an object lesson that life yep. sucks and you need to keep your head on a fucking swivel. Yeah, this is disgusting in my opinion. So the, the way she schools right. Sally here. Yeah. Disgusting. And like her dad would probably take the plate and smash it on a wall and be like, go to bed hungry. If uh-huh. You don't want the fucking relish. Yeah. So she thinks she's being a really, really good parent. And what's really sad mm-hmm. is – 
I think evidence suggests that she probably is that Sally prefers talking to her than Betty. I don't know that her mother actually talks to her is the problem. That's the thing. She won't talk to her. Like at the end of this episode, Mm -hmm. they have like a genuine kind of conversation. And then they shared drug, (laughs) recreational drugs. But that's beside the point. They do. It's a creepy conversation. It's one that she probably shouldn't be having with a 12-year-old. But She's 12. Yeah, but she's talking about like the rapes and the murders. Doesn't really need to. Size old enough for that. 12? Size old enough for that. That's what the grandma thinks. Uh, but but you're right. They're they're actually talking. Whereas yeah. Betty would just send her to a room to yeah. get her out of her hair or beat you know? her for having a thought. And and, and that's or a evident in the fact that when she's home for summer vacation, she can watch as much TV as she wants. Mm-hmm. Like your mom really lets you do that is what Don says. Mm-hmm. Yeah, because Betty doesn't want to deal with a kid. Right. Uh, uh, I also thought that. So she smacks her hands. Mm-hmm. She also demands that she sits there and eats a whole sandwich. Mm-hmm. Isn't. And I've always thought that that's that's a way to give a kid an eating disorder. Yeah, like yeah, you let kids eat when they were hungry. Mm-hmm. That's the way I rule. Now, like if they push, if 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 I feel like my son is like not wanting something just because he wants to go play a video game or something, I'll take the food and I'll put it in the fridge. And if he wants, if he's hungry later, I get it out again. Mm-hmm. I don't just let yeah. him off the hook. But to sit and make a kid to eat when they're not hungry, I always think that's maybe. Yeah, there's... So why we got obese children, you know, worrying about what kids in Africa are doing <laughs> I, I don't think that's and finishing their plate. That's one of them. Uh, you force feed a kid to eat when they're not hungry or if they're full just to finish a plate. What maybe, the hell? Maybe. Back I, me up here, I think, there, I think there are bigger reasons uh, why we're all obese. <laughs> uh, but sure, that's a contributing factor. Don't give me this unrefined sugar shit because I don't believe that. Uh, Mumbo jumbo. But it's interesting how she's passing down... The same thing that her father did to her with yes. the abuse to Sally. Works. Smacking her hand. She's right. She That wasn't necessary. No. She could have just said, this is not for you. This is not for children. Uh, she did apologize for it. That was she interesting. Did. Yeah. Uh, but it was it was a little bit too far. Uh, I will not argue about that. She's going to go a lot farther, so we'll move on. Yep. Uh, Greg tells Joan in the next scene that he's going to be back, or that he's going back to Nam for another year. Uh, she's not too happy about this, but she thinks it's forced. She doesn't realize that he's oh, volunteered. Oh, this is the dinner scene. Yes, I'm spoiling a later scene in the episode that he has volunteered to go back, uh, which we'll talk about later. Mm-hmm. Uh, did you have anything to say about this scene? Because I do not. It seemed pretty straightforward to me. Uh, it did foreshadow. It, it did foreshadow a lot, you know. Other than her looking fan, freaking tastic, and she her, does her gown, whatever she. Yeah, was I wearing. take back that padding comment. She's yeah. tasty, very tasty. Yeah. So anyway, um, you can tell that she's already troubled with the idea that he's being forced to go back. But you know, oh, yeah. what are you going to do? Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think I'm. I think I'm about done. Okay, let's move on then. He did mention, uh, and this is one of the things that drove the civil rights movement. I want to say is that. Mm. His her mom made a disparaging comment about uh, black folk. Uh, she actually didn't. She said, just said that when they were talking about it, uh, and then he made the so there's the plenty plenty it. of Negroes and Nam, and they're plenty brave. Yeah. So for the fighting men, everybody's you know fighting for the same cause, and yeah. everything was racially yeah. integrated at that point. So uh-huh. I feel like a lot of guys came back with a whole different outlook about racial inequalities and stuff yeah well it's what we talked about last episode with these these guys on madison avenue probably 
don't have day-to-day contact mm-hmm. with black folk, you know? Nope. So when you go to the military and it's all integrated, mm-hmm. you get to know these people and you understand, hey, they're not as bad as everybody thinks they are. We so. sound super white bread talking about black folk, <laughs> I got to say. Do That's, we? Yeah, I said it. You said it. I think we're just talking about the issue but all right uh if we sound horribly racist please let us know yes uh i don't think we do though all right uh next scene send Skins. emails to two dumb crackers at baldmove.com <laughs> uh, school us we'll take it so this is the actual uh pitch with butler shoes where ginsburg accidentally Kind of accidentally, not accidentally, mm-hmm. sells them on the idea of the Cinderella campaign. Mm-hmm. Uh, I couldn't tell if this was him just kind of stumbling into oh, the thing or if he meant to do this. My my opinion is it was entirely obnoxiously deliberate. Okay. All which right. is what kind of – but th- there's enough question about him. I just – well, I don't know how – mannered this guy is like how much of this is a put on how much of this is an act because he seems like such a socially awkward penguin but he has no idea but you can tell that he knows what he's doing because of that meeting he had with peggy last time and then how he transformed into don yeah he did and then he did that whole well you know thanks for saying what you know that i i I know about women but i don't think so because i had this other idea but it's just way too dark (laughs) i mean that Uh seemed very practiced to me yeah what do you think about the idea of the Cinderella story being a dark story? Because I had never thought of it that way. No. I don't think it's meant to be taken that way. No, but the thing is, is that stuff that, you know, and I wish I had a woman here to validate it, but I feel like that's the kind of stuff that women eat up. The whole, you know, kind of danger and excitement and this dashing stranger mm-hmm. steps out of the darkness and, oh, what is it? And, oh, but he's a gentleman and he's got your shoe and... And he, I, I feel like that there's something, I shouldn't say women, I should say that people that describe themselves as feminine, that's mm-hmm. something that they kind of gravitate towards. Yeah. So it's something kind of, you know, it, it gets them going. So okay. he's, he's tip tapping into something almost, almost pri- primal, mm-hmm. just a way, you know, when, when they get overtly sexual ads work on men because it's just it's it's getting something deep evolutionary thing going on in our brains that Mm -hmm. that, that's attracted to that so um i think he does know what he's doing yeah and interestingly enough this is like a triple threat because he's brilliant like don (laughs) Uh and peggy's claim to fame going back several seasons now is she understands how to advertise the women yeah because she is woman Mm -hmm. so i felt like they were setting this up to be a double threat. Well, it's also interesting that last episode, uh, Stan warns her about hiring this guy, that he's going to be your boss someday. And Peggy complains about thinking like a man too much this episode. And they tell Ginsburg that he understands women. That seems like they're setting him up to start moving into Peggy's position. Well, and they foreshadowed the shit out of it last week. That's what I'm saying. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. So that's kind of a continuation of that yep. in this episode. Yep. Uh, I also thought it was funny that immediately after they say that Ginsburg is a genius, Don just coughs. He's like, oh, yeah. oh. <laughs> so you know something is not right there. Yeah. Uh, Don doesn't like hearing Ginsburg being a genius. And I love the whole Ginsburg's like, in my heart, you 
want to kiss me or something like that. That's in the next scene. Oh, is uh, it? Yeah, we'll go right into it. Uh, this is where Don nearly fires Ginsburg, and then he calls Megan at the office. Uh-huh. Uh, so go ahead. He's like, in, in your heart, you want to kiss me or you want to give me a promotion or whatever. And he's like, in my heart, I want to throw you in front of the cab out there. <laughs> yeah. and he's like, don't th- um, consider all these words to mm-hmm. end in an or else. And he's like, don't ever do that. Yep. Think in front of me. Don't ever do that again. And then Ken. Ken's like, do you know you almost got fired? Mm -hmm. And he's like, no, I did it. And Ken's like, yeah, you did. I'm positive. I'm positive you did. (laughs) You did. Uh, I'm seeing a dead man walking here. So what do you think about Ginsburg? Is he naive? Is he – does he have, like, knowledge that that Don won't fire him because he's too good? What – What's the deal with Ginsburg? I don't. I mean, because it certainly seemed to me like he almost got fired. If this but, show but was I know set Don from four seasons, if this show were set in 2012, I'd be talking about you know some sort of mild autism that the guy has because <laughs> uh-huh. that's on the table. I mean, he's got this brilliance and he definitely knows how to manipulate people, but he mm-hmm. also has a, kind of an underlying clueness about the relationships and how that works or yeah maybe he just doesn't give a shit and he's used this i mean i don't know there's not enough evidence yet and i kind of go back and forth yeah what do you think uh i think he is oblivious and i don't know it's been suggested that maybe this guy has asperger's and he can't properly read people's reactions to things but uh I don't know, man. I don't know. The scene was a little confusing. The guy that pitched part the guy that pitched the Cinderella, the soft pitch to Cinderella concept to the yeah. footwear client, is <laughs> not a guy that can't read people. You're right. You're right about that. So I don't so know if why? it's a certain social situation that he's unable, or whether this is just an act for him to get. You know, like uh, remember when Cartman in South Park said he had the Tourette, so he could just swear in front of people. <laughs> yes, like he's learned that if I act this crazy way, uh, people are going to give me the leeway hmm. when I need it. Like he's socially Maybe. engineering the situation, but he's always teetering on catastrophe. But because people are too nice. This is another thing where I'd like to hear from our listeners. Mm. Uh, let me know what is going through Ginsburg's head here. I don't, I don't think there's it. a right or wrong answer, but for sure I yeah. could use some more input on it. Definitely. Uh, all right, let's move on. Uh, Don goes home to get some rest. Really short scene. He just flops down on the bed. and then. But he is smoking behind her back. He Yeah, when he calls her, he's smoking, and she reminds him, hey, don't smoke. Mm-hmm. And so he doesn't. Uh so he goes home to get some rest, and then Pete goes into Roger's office to remind him that they have the Mohawk campaign that needs to be done by Monday morning, and Roger freaks out and goes to Peggy for help. Mm-hmm. This is maybe the best scene I've seen in Mad Men ever. Yeah. I love Peggy in this scene. She is oh, yeah. maybe my new favorite character because she <laughs> – the way she manipulates Roger here, especially coming off of what happened with Harry last episode mm-hmm. – Ah, it's just so good. Mm-hmm. I've never seen Peggy as in control oh, yeah. of a situation as this. Um, there's a great animated GIF on the uh, internet of uh-huh. uh, Peggy counting her money. Mm-hmm. That little scene of her like thumbing through. Uh, yeah, I mean, she was brilliant. Yeah. And she. we talked about last night that she might be becoming our favorite Mad Men character. Yeah, she's so good now. Mm-hmm. Uh, the other thing about this scene is that this is a stark contrast to a lot of the other women. Actually, Peggy and Joan are both a stark contrast in this episode to a lot of the other women who are helpless, uh, as is kind of the theme of Cinderella here. Uh, Peggy doesn't fit into that. Peggy is a very strong woman. 
Peggy knows what she wants. Uh, well, at least uh, on the external side of it. She's still internally a little broken up about acting like a man and trying to fit in this universe or this world. Mm-hmm. But but she's a very strong woman, and so is Joan. Um, and one of our listeners wrote in – I was going to do this calculation anyway, but they saved this on Facebook – uh, they did the math, and it turns out that that money. Oh, I saw this. Yeah, yeah. How much money do you think that uh, brought in? Well, I know. I'm going to say four hundred billion dollars. <laughs> <laughs> what? Because I want. I don't want to actually state the number. No, it. it was like it. It was uh, something like twenty seven hundred dollars. Yeah. So that is in today's money for a weekend's worth of work. That is uh, <laughs> I would not do that. not bad at all. Not no, at all. which. Then you got to think how much was that eleven hundred that he just gave Harry last episode? Oh, we we That's did three times yeah. the amount. It's we, almost over ten thousand bucks or something. We did look up that. Um, did we? Oh, it's uh, so it's, it's Jennifer Howard on Facebook. She posted it's worth twenty eight fifty nine. Nice, almost three thousand dollars. That's not a bad haul. Not a bad haul at all. She should have got his watch. Oh yeah, made it cool three thousand. She had to give up her <laughs> office. That's just a, you know giving up a weekends, which she does anyway. Yeah. She That's does that true. for free. Yeah, Don tells her too. And I love how so so this tells us so many things about Roger, right? Oh, I mean, so much. He's such a fuck up. Mm-hmm. He has no idea when the star employees makes at his company. Uh-huh. Uh huh. He thinks he can buy her off at ten bucks, which Peggy uses against him. That's and awesome. then at the end, when he's like starting to bulk at things, she's oh. like, "Do you do you, do you want me to take your watch?" <laughs> yeah. And he's like. <laughs> He just I've been, leaves. I've been defeated. Yeah. I retreat from the battlefield. Good idea. <laughs> um, so I guess there's another thing that they, that's going on right now this summer is there's an airline strike. Yeah. Which is why yeah. there's big big news. Um, mm-hmm. Over 35,000 workers went on strike during the peak travel season, leaving 60% of the U.S. commercial airline industry inoperative. Mm-hmm. So if you're a carrier like Mohawk, who has a side deal, you are – raking in money loving it yeah but it's like peggy says how do you exploit that with advertising you know yeah, yeah. difficult yeah we you don't want to say we are flying <laughs> we're the sca- fly with us fly to scabby skies uh-huh. <laughs> fly over the strike lines with us i mean you don't want to feel like you're screwing over to workers mm-hmm. yeah and he calls her trotsky too which yeah that was pretty awesome <laughs> <laughs> Roger's Roger. brilliant. He is. He's funny. Uh, Peggy was fantastic in that. And when scene. you got scenes where Roger and Stan are both, because oh, yeah. Roger's like, you know, you should go find Ginsburg, and Stan's like, I will search the earth, <laughs> and then if I don't find him, I'll work my way back to my apartment. Yeah. Like basically, I'm. Which I'm going home. <laughs> there's another indication of how far Roger has fallen, right? Because yes. Stan's basically like, "F you, deuces." Mm-hmm. Well, he should have pulled out his, his wad of cash. Mm. Maybe then Stan would help him out. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. I'm wondering when Roger's going to run out of cash. I mean, well, he's, he's been emptied twice. So that's another that's – another, and you go back to last season, he got mugged. Uh-huh. It's a recurring theme that he is not in control of his life. Because uh-huh. his, his, his young wife, who he's kind of getting estranged from, spends all of his money. He mm-hmm. gives a lot of his money to his ex-wife, a lot of it to his daughter. He gets mugged. He's now getting mugged by his employees <laughs> on a weekly and basis. It was eleven hundred last episode. It's four ten this episode. Yeah. It's going down. Well, you wonder like is <laughs> I wonder if he's gonna start carrying like a mugger's wallet. 
What, like he's the string got, attached to his belt? No, he's got like the main money clip that he keeps in his oh, left yeah, yeah. butt cheek. Mm-hmm. But like, you know, for the employees that come up to shake him down, he's got another minute. He's like, I'll, I'll give you every – here's $100. It's bucks. everything I got. Yeah. yeah. It was just drink money for later tonight. Here you <laughs> yeah, go. Yeah. It's everything. Uh, probably. Leave that me. would be smart at this point. Yes. He's yes. getting raked over the coals. Do you think that that's a significant, the come down from $1,100 about the, to the 400 I think it is. I think it certainly is. Hmm. Uh, I think he's realizing that, hey, uh, I'm not going to have this money forever, you know? Hmm. And I don't really do anything around here, and Pete's challenging me now. So I may yep. need to cut back just a and little the, bit. And the firm's not making as much money, so it's not like I can keep sponging off of that. Yeah, yeah. He's not. I'm certain that he's not collecting the same paydays he was he back at, uh, at whatever the last firm was called. <laughs> I don't even remember. But on the other hand, he's still walking around with three thousand dollars in today's money in Not his bad. back pocket. So yeah. I've always said I'll know I've made it when I carry a thousand bucks of cash around with me. Yeah, and he was carrying that night because you see the old like there's a couple like old old school executives at my company and they mm-hmm. do that and it's like so cool to see them come out and bust those like yeah. crisp hundred dollar bills and it's like. Shh, 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 shh. Yeah, well, I was reading... Like uh, Bob Barker playing The Price is Right. 100, 200, <laughs> 300. Someone said that's basically like carrying a Magnum condom around in your pocket. <laughs> it's the same status symbol, you know? We're at the bar. Like exactly. Oops, it fell out. Yeah. Sorry. My huge <laughs> wad of cash just fell on the bar. Uh, I, could see, I could see him doing that. Uh, so the next scene is Andrew showing up at Don's condo. Uh, I assume it's a condominium and not an apartment. I think Don would buy, not rent. Uh, he sends her out on the service elevator. Were you wise to the tricks of the wiener? Well, my notes say of the whiner. Is this a dream? Question mark delusion. Uh, so I would oh. say I actually posted. You see on Facebook? You were no, I didn't. Of course you didn't. I I man Twitter. I know I you do. Facebook. I know. I I I I, I co man <laughs> Facebook. Uh, I posted a survey, uh-huh. which we'll discuss here in a bit. Uh, I asked people. Because uh, there was some discussion. I listened to Seppenwall and a couple other casts where they're maybe questioning whether that was Dirty Pool. Something so out of place in Mad Men and throwing a dream sequence like that. A, a little bit. I felt but, a little cheated by it. Really? Because my thought mm-hmm. was if it came out of the blue, yeah. but there was enough indications that something was weird. Mm-hmm. Like if I'm asking the second encounter, if, if this is a dream, if he's yeah. having a fever dream, to me that's that's Weinberg or that's Weiner. Weiner. <laughs> Uh, I really, Jew- I really Jewished that name. <laughs> you did Ginsburg's in your head. I can't blame you. Yeah, so He's constantly in my head. <laughs> yeah, it's like you know they're Jewing up the firm, and I'm I'm Jewing up his name. Uh, so yeah, Weiner, I felt had enough tells that yeah. he could say honestly, "Hey, I played straight with you. It was all there." What were the tells in your opinion? Because I know. I was reading uh, somewhere that when Don comes in, he doesn't take off his shirt, he doesn't take off his pants, nothing, and then when he wakes up... Well, it's like up, he is running a fever dream, and in fact, he's uh-huh. so disorientated, and... And his clothes are removed and, and, and when he wakes going up. going to the freight elevator, which yeah. does that even... I kind of thought that that doesn't exist in the condo that he's got, maybe? Yeah, a freight elevator where it is in that condo seemed weird to me. Like the, you that go through the kitchen and out dis- the back door. That's something and- that would belong in a high rise, not a, mm-hmm. a condo like that. Um, yeah. And the other thing was uh, just the fact that the time of day, yeah, when they kept on and going Megan back and forth, home. and she wasn't home, and that just seemed that everything just kind of seemed dreamlike. I'll be honest with you, I did not pick it up until he started choking her until 
He way overreacted, jumped right. out of bed and started choking her. We'll we'll get there. Uh, we we will get there, and we'll talk about it. But um, I just from the just as a spoiler alert uh, from the. You can't spoil anything in this episode, man. <laughs> From the uh, this the, f- the feedback I got, it seems like uh, there's a fair amount of people that pegged it from the freight elevator. Oh, wow. Nice. Which I was starting to suspect. I knew it was a dream yeah. when the unlocked back door, which is the next scene. And if I, if you could if you can imagine huh. the pole response as being like vert- horizontal bars because they are uh-huh. <laughs> the freight elevator is a short bar and then yep. each one got longer and longer and longer and longer. I, I would hope so. Yeah. And so I, no one no one got beyond Don like Choking kicking her, her under the bed. Oh, kicking her under the bed. That was that was like yeah that was the last point where like the majority of the people were like oh yeah we got it now. Okay. Yeah. And you see the one shoe when he's choking her and and if you see like I think I think that if. She, he had done a very tidy disposal job mm-hmm. uh, and had a more real didn't just go back to bed the- and there wasn't a shoe sticking out yeah, so and I, like arm. I said I think there's there's tells there's yeah. tells yeah uh, okay let's move on uh, next scene is Pauline uh, telling Sally how grateful she is that her father abused her mm. this is a fucked up scene and also tied the theme of the episode together because the, the, the title's mystery date yep we see Sally watching mystery date and I looked mm-hmm. up how you play mystery date yeah, Did this you is see a that? kid's game, isn't it? Yeah, so you like... Yeah. And I don't know if I've got all the details right. But it's a the, board game. The whole game is you shut the front door, and you spin some dials, and it makes... There, there's like some. There's a way that the, the boy behind there has different outfits, different okay. colors of outfits. Gotcha. And then you, as the girl, dress up your little avatar, and the closer you can match the dresses, the guy, when you open up the mystery date, so you score more points. Completely luck-based. Okay, whatever. I don't know. <laughs> Sorry, I'm a board I don't, gamer. I, I, I got to analyze the game. <laughs> I, there might be some other rules to it. I'm just saying that's the, the premise. Gotcha. And okay. in this, there's a lot of that theme being echoed in this. Like, you know, elevator mm-hmm. door opens. It's Don's mystery date. It's his old flame from years ago. Yes. Uh, door opens up. It's Joan's mystery date. It's her GI husband that's had this weird transformation. Crazy rapist dude. <laughs> yeah. And, and uh, you know. Door hey, opens up and there's a murderer with a knife that murders eight nurses. <laughs> Well, but also no. I'm serious. Door That's, opens up. It's Don's office, and Don's there. That's Peggy's mystery date. There's like all these doors opening, and you see how things, how well things fit together. But, okay, so it is starting to get confusing with Don and Don because <laughs> yes. I thought you meant Don Draper. D A W N. Yes. Okay. Yep. yep. Well, huh? Harry was right on that. It's kind of confusing. But yeah, I liked how I liked how that all ties together in this scene. Yeah. I, I mean. This is not a lesson you should be teaching a child either, is that uh, – I, I understand the need for discipline, right? Yes. That is certainly necessary, but this is the scene, I think, where she talks about Her being dad. kicked yeah, for no no reason and learning a valuable lesson from mm-hmm. that. Which is classic. That's what a victim does. Yeah. yeah it's it's wild. I mean there are there are numerous instances in this episode of violence against women, and this is just one of them. Yeah. It's just child dis- d- abuse being – relate as quality parenting yeah yeah which kind of uh, explains the 60s a little bit kind mm. of that kind of is what went on isn't it 50s mm. 60s i mean get a lot of sure sure child beating and stuff uh let's move on dinner with greg's parents turns disastrous when his mother tells joan that he volunteered to go back to the war he wasn't called back he volunteered right uh joan did not know this neither did i this was kind of a shock yeah 
and he's turned into this self-righteous army dude. Yeah, I mean, you get the guy, the the other military guy saluting him at the beginning. And they make this moment. And then... uh, I didn't feel like that was self-righteous. I felt like that was totally justified. Like, yeah. the waiter gives him shit about it, and he's like, I don't you know can't the wait waiter... a second for that display of honor. See, I think, and I, I could be wrong, but I felt, that felt very man- a manufactured moment. Really? Like, the waiter's just just like, hey, do you want me to come back? Because he is busy. Well, it felt it felt like a slightly rude waiter. Maybe. Opinion. Maybe slightly rude. Like, but, like a very busy waiter, but slightly rude. Right, but he had to make it about – he had to make it about him and, well, I'm sorry if this, this uh, you know, act of honor slowed you down. Mm-hmm. So – or sign of respect. I, I just thought he made it about himself and it was really more about the waiter trying to make a lot of tables happy. Certainly, I felt like he. I felt like this dude, Doctor Harris, mm-hmm. came in spoiling for a fight. Okay, I can see that because he was he, kind of being a little smarmy with the waiter about you know the menu, and I, I don't know. Yeah, why maybe don't you, I just don't like this guy. Why don't you just be quiet and give me a suggestion? Yes. Yeah. yeah. Uh, I don't know. I I respect the the respect. Did you did <laughs> in this scene? But but you're right. Yeah. Did you love the accordion? I loved callback? it. I loved it. I didn't get it until you told me what was happening here, and then I went and watched the video on YouTube of where Joan played that's the accordion. What I, I said it. I said it was a ukulele in the Cis pre magnifique. in the pre podcast thing <laughs> uh, in the pre podcast show or the pre season show. But it was I forgot it was the accordion. Yeah, and that was just like. Another of her humiliations visited. Uh-huh. Yeah. And then, just as it was all sinking in, her <laughs> mother's mom. like, Joni plays the accordion. Do you know that? <laughs> <laughs> Here. Just spin that around your head for a while. Oh, God. It was so was good. Awesome. So good. Yeah. This scene is really good. Mm-hmm. Uh, really good. The way they – especially the way he tried to control the conversation there and not, not clue Joan in to what's going on. But his mother was – she figured it out. Yeah. That he hadn't told her. So what do you think of this decision? Is it honorable? Is it selfish? What is it? Uh, I don't think it's honorable. I think if he were really the man that he – the good man that he portrays himself to be, he would have told her, look, this is a decision I've made. I think it's for the, the best of the country, the, the best of myself, and I want you to understand it. Instead of just trying to be underhanded tr- about it, yeah. Instead of trying to hide it from her, even then, it's arguable that he's got responsibilities to his family at this point. Yeah, I don't think she would have agreed with his decision at all. And I wonder how much of this is stemming from. I mean, obviously, a lot of this is stemming from the fact that he has been kind of a failure stateside. You know, he did. Yeah, he had dumb fingers, or he had no his brain didn't have brains i forget what the doctor said he had no brains in his fingers or yeah uh you know he kind of flamed out of there and like Joni said this is the place that makes him feel like a man a good man that's the thing when we get to the when we get to that scene i kind of wish we had mad brew on this podcast because he's been in the military he might be able to shed some light on that psychology but i don't even want to speak to it because i don't know how i don't know anything about it oh i think i know what he's i mean mad brew loves the core yeah but, and you certainly develop a camaraderie there that is more tight than pretty much anything you would get in civilian. But he's life. got a young daughter, and he, uh, would, you know, I mean, he got out. He got it. He got out when he could. He didn't volunteer so, to go back. No, 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 no. <laughs> All right. Uh, yeah, I wish he was here to talk about that, but he's not. Uh, if you don't know who Mad Brew is, go check out our Game of Thrones podcast. It's really good. Oh yeah, get your belly full of Mad Brew. <laughs> 
So then Peggy discovers that Don is sleeping in the office and offers her a place to stay. Mm-hmm. Uh, pretty cool of Peggy. It started out like a yes, a horror scene. Whoever directed this, and I don't know, I didn't look it up. They must have had a ball because you don't get to direct a horror suspense film very often on a set of Mad Men. Yeah, yeah. Well, it ties in really well with the theme of this episode, right? I mean, with that murderer there coming was a, through. A the- lot of Hitchcockian style suspense in this film. This, yeah, you know that I I didn't think anything was going to happen to Peggy. But yeah, the way they shot it, it here. was getting this the standard stress response from me. And I'm like, what the fuck? This oh. is Mad Men. Why is my heart beating? <laughs> I thought someone was going to play a practical joke on her. That's oh, yeah. I thought, I thought maybe Stan was going to come out with mm. the pantyhose around his head. I thought that was... Because that <laughs> yeah. all ties the theme together, too. I mean, he's dressed Definitely. up like a stereotypical... Mur- you know, Like a break- robber. Yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. And she's walking through, and they're playing the like Friday the 13th music. Yeah, I have to say this episode is masterfully done. Yeah. The, the themes running through this episode, the cinematography, the everything about this episode is really fantastic. Uh, a lot of people thought it was a little too heavy-handed and obvious. Oh. Just the way it kept hitting its theme, hitting its theme. Uh, but I could see people saying that. But I, I think that I enjoyed it. I described it I as, mean, as, as very lyrical. And the way it kept coming back to its theme, kind of like the chorus, but then yeah. variations like verses on it. But it's like I didn't, you know. Yeah, there were certainly other. One things guy going called on specifically here. Stan wearing the pantyhose on his head. Like, oh my god, we get the fucking theme. Wait, 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 wait. How can you? Okay, that so, was like so one of the first scenes. And then, and then you have to. If you're going to call that out, you have to call out. The one shoe on the girl as Don is choking her. I mean, yes, th- there are very, they, very they obvious did call things that here. Out. They did call that out. That's fine. I don't think it detracts from the episode overall. No, it's just extra. It's fun. I mean, yeah. You know, I I've seen heavy-handed stuff uh-huh. and overwrought <laughs> stuff, and yeah. You know, I saw once an episode of Walking Dead where there was three different speeches given to a wooden Jesus. Oh, okay, boy. yeah, that's not this. <laughs> so. Uh-huh. Uh, all right, let's move on. Uh, well, actually, let's not move on. How do you think Handy, uh, bleh, Peggy handled this conversation with Don when she's in the office? Excellent. And she's trying to... It, it seemed to me like she was a little dense as to what was going on here. I don't think so. I think she got it real way, because especially when she she's like... She made a like, couple comments. I know were, enough that the police don't make it any safer for you. That's and true, yeah. I felt like whoever played Don, the actress, D-A-W-N, like, mm-hmm. she kind of does dawning revelation that oh peggy peggy's like hip and oh she works with a boyfriend that's covering the race riots so yeah she knows what's going on in the world this might be a white person that i could trust what you'd imagine in that environment um mm-hmm. i can't my god damn i'm a white straight guy i don't know what the fuck it feels like to walk <laughs> like i i I, yeah. I think i said this in a podcast a long time ago like i was talking to one of uh the girl not my girlfriends but a girlfriend mm-hmm. and she, the way she's talking is like I walk down the street not thinking that half the people can overpower me and take yeah. advantage of me. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like, I don't know what yeah. that feels like. It's like every once in a while I'll run across a big motherfucker. Yeah. Or think, someone oh, that's with a bunch me. of guys and they look a little red and I'll be like, oh, I need to keep on my toes. But it's not like a constant thing that I'm afraid of. Yeah. And, like, that describes women uh, or a lot of women. And it also describes, I imagine, a lot of uh, black women at the time. Yeah, it's double so. a very big minority there. Yeah, that, yeah. that you've got to take everyone to take advantage, even the cops, especially the cops. Uh, yeah, especially. 
So there's no one you can really keep safe or, and, and, and trust in. And mm-hmm. to have someone that's like feels like that they're maybe a little with it and informed and not going to treat you that way must be a big relief. Yeah. And it kind of got, you know, unfortunately inverted by the end of the episode. <laughs> yeah. Well, yeah, it did. But I feel like that almost wasn't Peggy's fault. But we'll get there. Oh. We'll get there. All right. Uh so let's move on. Next scene is Andrea coming back to convince Don to bang her. Um, this is where she comes in the bedroom and says, oh, shh, Don, let's just do it real quick. Megan will never know. All part of his fever dream. Uh, a lot of people are saying, I, I want to get your opinion on this. Do you think that Andrea is a recent fling? Is, did he cheat on Megan with Andrea, or All did right. he cheat on? So I've got Betty a new favorite because, like, I've dropped Steppenwall enough. I got a new favorite blog. Oh shit! It's called Tom and Lorenzo. Yeah, hell yeah. So you, I, I, I read this review. Yeah, fantastic review. So they 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 ticked off a bunch of things that don't add up about Don's story. Mm-hmm. Said. Uh, were there freelance women copywriters utilized by Sterling Cooper six years ago? Yeah. Which dates back from when before Peggy before was Peggy. hired. And you know what a big fucking to-do that was. Uh, she was the first female copywriter. Um, he also mentioned, and this is where their local roots and their research comes in. Yeah. He mentioned that he took her on a loading dock of Lincoln Center while Lincoln his Center. wife waited inside. But which wife? Most of what we consider Lincoln Center wasn't completed until after the Draper marriage ended. Mm-hmm. That is, does the wiener know that? Because if he did, that question. seems to be a very big plot point. Uh, now, we, now he says something about he says the loading docks, right? So were the loading docks completed by then? Were well, were they, I mean, that's I'm just I'm just reading you what they said. Yeah, they said, what part of Lincoln Center was completed? So their thing is the reason this bothered Don so much is that not she was a long time past, but mm-hmm. and the fact is she stepped up to him pretty flirty. Is she it did. reasonable that a woman in 1966 would be that brazen with a man she just saw him uh, if, if if the relationship was six seven years ago? That's a really good question. And again, when I read that, I was like, again, Tom and Lorenzo dot com. They write really fucking good Mad Men recaps. They do. That fantastic. So yeah. check them out. Uh, so yeah, I don't know. I, I I kind of convinced myself that it was an old fling. And then I read that review, and I'm like, shit. Because just the copywriter angle alone yeah. is pretty strong. Yeah. Um, I don't know that he ever says she was a contract copy or a freelance copywriter. I think he just said that, that she did freelance work, so maybe she was in some other department. What I else would she freelance as a secretary? That doesn't make any sense. No, no, no. I, I don't know what departments would exist in I'm a, saying uh, that, advertising like, firm. Name but- a position and name a woman that did it. In yeah, that time. Yeah, and it's you hard think, to do. You think Peggy is the first. Right. Yeah. Like Joan, the second most powerful woman in the goddamn company, is a secretary. Who's also now a kind yeah. of a bookkeeper, too, but still. The problem I get with this is I guess I didn't get the vibe from Don at all that he was lying. Oh, fair enough. But but then again, this is Don we're talking uh, about. I know, and that's, that's a thing. He's but a... He, pathological liar but i have to say he certainly seems more open and honest with megan than he ever did with anyone he's else. trying sure yeah she knows about dick whitman she knows about but uh, dude, his other flings faye miller here's all you need to know about don after he has his crazy fucking dream hmm. his wife comes home and he goes you don't have to worry about me that is well, a dishonest statement 
Maybe, maybe. I mean, you could argue that he, in his dream, he killed his desire for other women. Like what, Superman 3 style? <laughs> he met up Clark Kent in a trash compactor and choked him to death, and now he's the good yes. Superman all of a sudden? Yes. He, he, Bullshit. That's he not how Darth life works. He met Darth Vader in a cave, and he <laughs> cut off his face and saw himself. No, I, it doesn't work that way. You could make that argument, though. Okay, It's the thing. What is, what is the metaphor of what's happening here, if not killing his desire for these other women his appetite as megan called it maybe it's just a battle against that could be that's that's possible all fair points all fair points uh so i think it's definitely still up in the air uh tilo whatever it is uh makes a good point the lorenzo thing oh yeah uh makes some very good points though yeah so i'm not sure uh, the next scene is Peggy making awkward, drunken conversation with Don at her apartment. My big question here for you is, do you think there was any sexual tension in this scene? I did, yeah. I, I thought, and I... Because I, I, uh-huh. I remember there's a preseason trailer where it shows Peggy grabbing someone on the couch from that position and kissing them. And I'm like, shit, was that... A, you know, is that Don? And how... I, I, I got the mm-hmm. feeling that Dawn was certainly creeped out. Yeah. But there's a lot of reasons she could be creeped out here. Oh, Because yeah. that's the other thing about, you know, that's another thing that's like, you know, shit white folks do mm-hmm. is we always want to empathize with people. Like, <laughs> oh, yeah, someone was someone was mean to me once, and now I understand how it feels to be you. Yeah. And Peggy does this in the scene. She She comments. She says, I don't know exactly what it's like. I'm not in the exact same situation, but... But then blah, she blah. goes and says, like, well, you want to work for copyright? Oh, I want to do that. She goes, oh, you're right. It's so, And she starts making yeah. it all about her. And she's drunk. Uh, I mean, I don't yeah. fault her for that. But by the time she realizes what she does, she looks over. But, yeah, the way she was kind of getting up on her knees and I felt like she's about to pounce on this. I'm like, oh, <laughs> shit. This is, this is going to break. This situation is going to break bad. I did the first time through. The second time through, I picked up none of that. Really? Zero. So I don't know what to think. The yeah. first time I was like, oh, yeah, Peggy's going to turn into a lesbian. Well, they flirted <laughs> the, with it. The second like, time through, I was like, oh, no, there's nothing there. On my lunch break today, I read an article about, you know, I guess there was some gay lesbian uh, that followed that plot line pretty quickly or pretty closely. And oh, they yeah? were kind of critical about the way they handled it. It's like, hmm. you know. In Matt, this episode or No, overall? it was last year when she was first, yeah. first I guess, flirting with Joyce, uh-huh. you'd say. Um, and she went to that kind of house party and it, you know, that's where she met, um, oh shit. What's her boyfriend's name? The curly hair. I don't know. The guy in Chicago. Yeah. <laughs> anyway, uh, they, they made a comment. It was like, well, she flirts with, but she didn't really go all the way. Yeah. And it's like a way to deal with it, but not really, which I don't know. I mean, shit, you got Sal. He was a fantastic portrayal of what that's like and how oh, rough yeah. that was. So mm-hmm. anyway, um, yeah, I felt like there was a little bit of that there. Okay. But if you're saying you saw it the second time and it wasn't, then... Yeah, I didn't feel it the second time, but uh, who knows? Who knows? Uh, we will see in future episodes, I'm sure. Mm-hmm. Uh, next scene is Pauline explaining the psychology of a murderous rapist to a 12-year-old. Mm-hmm. Uh, this scene is pretty messed up. For one, she's eating bugles. Right off the bat, we know there's an ample supply of bugles in the house. Sure, sure. She's taking full advantage of the bugle supply. Mm -hmm. Uh, Didn't put them on her fingers, but eh, maybe that wasn't a thing in 1960s. 
Uh, she so Sally sneaks up on her, uh, finds out what she's doing, says so she can't sleep, and she's uh, Pauline says you can't sneak up on someone my age, especially in this house. A lot of jokes about the house uh, being, being this creepy ass castle, creepy old mansion. Because he had Don thing. saying say mm-hmm. hello to Morticia and whatever. His... Yep, definitely. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then we know by the end of the scene, after she's explained everything, she gives Sally a second all. And I Which hear I you've thought, done a little research on the second all. How did you hear that? You told me. Did I? <laughs> yeah, you did. Oh, shit. You said something about it was a drug that killed Jimmy Hendrix. Oh, yeah, yeah, I did or, do that. So yeah. the other thing I want to think is this the scene where she has this whole time been trying to keep Sally away from this. And then at nighttime, she's got the butcher knife. She goes in like full-blown mm-hmm. lured. Remember that scene in uh, Game of Thrones mm-hmm. where that old woman is telling Bran, the crippled boy, like stories, and she keeps on wanting to tell him good stories, and he's like, I want to hear the scary stuff. And she's mm-hmm. like, yeah. you want to hear about the time when the White Walkers came and sucked the marrows of the baby's bones? Is that the kind of story you want to hear? Uh-huh. And Bran's like, yeah. I felt like that was a lot <laughs> yeah. like this thing. Like, oh, you want to hear mm-hmm. this kind of story? Well, now. Now you're going to hear it. Yeah, and with the rapes and everything. Yep. Um, yep. Creepy shit. So second all, uh, which I guess its full name is Seco, Seco Barbital. So oh. It's a barbiturate. Okay. Uh, <laughs> began to be widely misused in the 60s and 70s. It had many nicknames, including the most common being Reds, Red Devils, Red Dillies. Because hmm. uh, it was originally packaged in red capsules, which we saw Mama... Um, bite in half. Bite in half. Yeah. Uh, they called them Seckies, Red Hearts, and Dolls, which was responsible for the title of Jacqueline Suzanne's novel, Valley of the Dolls, whose main characters used this and other drugs for recreation. Famous deaths related to its use, which bodes poorly for Sally here. <laughs> yeah, it does. Judy Garland, Brian Epstein, oh. the Beatles manager, uh, uh, Tennessee Williams, and Jimmy, Jimi Hendrix. Wow. Among, there was like a list of 30. Those are just the mm-hmm. most, the the, number, most the ones that I just recognize are off the bat. Yeah. So this is not something you should bite in half and give to a fucking 12-year-old. No, not at all. Especially when you're scaring the shit out of her so she can't sleep. Like, yeah. it's you scaring the shit out of this girl. Yeah. Yeah, she read the thing, but you can calm her down and tell her to go to bed. Yeah, give her half and give her a sh- shot of brandy as a, as a chaser. <laughs> That's, that'll <laughs> That's that'll work. work. Yeah. Yeah. Jesus uh, Christ, man. Yeah, this this just contributes more and more to my feeling that Pauline is a terrible person. Yep. Uh, who doesn't know how to parent, even one slight bit. Uh, which is a shame, because Sally really has no good parent, parental figures except no. for Megan. Uh, her dad's not even really a great one. Uh, it's really just Megan. Yeah. Megan seems to be on the ball with kids, mm-hmm. whereas Peggy and Pauline and, ugh, disgusting. Right. All right, let's move on to the scene where Joan and Greg are fighting about going back to the war. Uh, really having a knockdown drag out here. I mean, he's threatening to bust the door in. He sends her mom out of the apartment. Uh, uh, he's pretty angry about oh, the whole yeah. situation. <laughs> he's going to kick her door down if you don't open it. Mm-hmm. Uh, tells her, I've got my orders, you've got yours. Like trying to pull that military bullshit on her. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, I don't have a whole lot to say about this scene. Okay. Uh, so unless you do, let's keep keep chugging along. We're getting kind of long here in the yep. episode. Uh, then <laughs> we go back to Peggy, who totally makes it weird by giving a Don a look that could start a riot. So let's try to chase. <laughs> How is this not her fault? Uh, no, it's her fault. Certainly, it's her fault. But I feel like she felt sorry for 
giving her that look after she gave it. Oh, here's the deal. Like, it's something she can't take back, but (sighs) she doesn't really mean it, is the thing. Well, here's the thing. Uh, Yeah, like, so if I had let one of my coworkers stay over on my couch, Mm -hmm. and I left my wallet on the table... Yeah. Uh, I don't care if they're white, black, or whatever. I'd be like, oh, I need to get my wallet. But if it was, I'll just be honest. If I had a, a, a white coworker over, I'd have just grab the wallet and been like, yeah, it's time for bed. Where if it was a black person on my couch, uh-huh. the part of my brain is like, oh, shit, he's black. He's going to think you don't trust him with his wallet would kick in. And I would probably hesitated and then looked at him and it would made it fucking weird even though I would do that with anybody because I just don't leave my wallet. You're saying if she had just grabbed the purse and gone into her bedroom, because that's what it you would do. Be normal. You don't yeah. leave your purse out. Yeah, like I don't leave my car. Key. I don't leave. You know. And that's the thing. I I feel like Peggy was uh, overanalyzing it to a degree. Like, yes, I need to get my purse. Oh no! If I grab my purse, she's gonna think her that racial I'm my purse awareness made it more weird than it would have been anyway. Because exactly. it would have been weird. Yeah. I I don't feel like Peggy is racist. I don't feel like she's well. I kind of feel like everybody's a little racist. They try you try not uh, to be, maybe. but like at the quarters, <laughs> in the sixties, like, yeah, right. So, Possibly. but but yeah, she's she's definitely a progressive of her time, certainly. But yeah. but I thought that was another thing that maybe Weiner was trying to say that even if you uh-huh. still try, like the people that are really trying hard still had so far to go. And even though these women want to stick together. There's still that racial boundary mm-hmm. that that well, they hadn't overcome. And even Don, like you deal with his homo, um, his handling of Sal's homosexuality, uh-huh. he was very tolerant to a point. Sure. And then once Sal got over that point, is just like, what is it with you people? <laughs> and kind okay. of crushed Sal on that the, when during the airplane back, and mm-hmm. so he, th- this is another theme of the show is even the people that are kind of tolerant and have their shit yeah. together. It's still the 60s. It's still the 60s. <laughs> yeah. Things were fucked up. For sure. Uh, but fantastic scene, in my opinion. Mm-hmm. I mean, the, the tension there was Did you think also great. that it might have been the fact that she had $400 in her purse? There's and that, too. black or white, again, it's just like that's a lot of money to leave out with a person you don't really know. Yeah. And she's getting collecting of that, and then she realized, oh, Don's black. Oh, shit. Oh, you know. Like, <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So there's a lot of Certainly. things that went into it. Mm-hmm. So. Definitely. Uh, all right, let's move on. Don kills Andrea. Don chokes a bitch. Stuff's under the bed. Uh-huh. Uh, we, uh, this, this is where I knew it was a dream. Yes. When it, when he jumped off the bed and started choking her, I was like, this is so out of character for Don. What is he going to do with this girl's body? This isn't really happening. Mm-hmm. This is a dream. And, of course, we're right. Uh, so this is what I checked on the Facebook uh, gotcha. Pole. I see that. I see that. <laughs> so here's the thing. Like, here's another thing that was going to blow your mind. Mm-hmm. Uh, one of her fans, Mandy, uh, emailed me that the girl that played, I guess Andrea, yeah, was an actress that was starred in Twin Peaks. Do you remember that show? I have not seen Twin Peaks. That show is fucked up. I know. David Fincher is all about like dream things and mm-hmm. delusions. It's compared and, to Lost a lot, actually. Uh, and. Interesting enough, this so I looked up the character because I hadn't seen I haven't seen all of Twin Peaks, mm-hmm. but she was uh, Shelley Johnson, I guess. And look, read her character arc. Um, so she had this kind of like domineering, I guess, a, a husband that she was cheating on. Mm, okay, and they had a conflict, and somehow her husband ended up as a vegetable, and her lover and her while he was in a vegetable would parade 
around in front of him, like, you know, because he's, like, in a coma, they would, like, flaunt the fact that they were having mm-hmm. relationships and they were using him for insurance money. Is there anything, any nod to that about Don's philandering going to be rubbed in his face somehow? Not He's going to be laid low and this is his fate? Or is this just this is just stunt casting by Weiner to be like, oh, I'm casting the girl from the fucked up dream television series to be Don's fucked up dream girl? Uh, I want to say that it's not that conscious of a thing. I want to say it's just, oh, this actress is right for this, and we like her, so hire her. Mm. That's what I want to say. I, I don't, got, I don't I think attribute. So too. I don't attribute absolutely everything to forethought here. Right. <laughs> Not everything. Like unless because I guess the 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 way this dude ends up, he ends up uh, <laughs> as a as a vegetable that they affix a shot collar to, and he's like a zombie for the, so. Unless they're going down what? that road, yeah. Twin Peaks is fucked up. I don't man. think Don's ever gonna wear a shot collar. <laughs> well. <laughs> He does like to be slapped. That's true. Him and Megan might get into that yeah. shock collar later. Electro that's season play. seven. Yeah. So anyway, <laughs> that's a diversion, but thank you for that, Megan. Uh, the other thing in this scene, obviously, very, very obviously, is a Cinderella reference. You get the, oh, yeah. the shot of her with one shoe on yes. when she's being choked. Uh, dark story indeed, Ginsburg. Dark mm-hmm. story indeed. Mm-hmm. Didn't realize how dark. Yep. Uh, and again, a lot of violence against women in this episode. Well, and then uh, next scene, Betty and her husband come back. They've been delayed because of this airport strike, yep. which is another theme that's been going on the whole episode. Yeah. And her mom's comatose because she's fucking up on this scene. And of she's bu- got a knife. And she's got a <laughs> knife. And Sally is uh-huh. on, underneath the couch hiding like the Sloan survivor. Yes. How perfect is that? I don't that's know. That's just, oh, that's great. I love the end of this episode. Yeah. Uh, all right. So we talked about that scene. Let's move to the next one where Megan wakes Don, and he realizes that it was all a dream, just mm-hmm. as we all had a scene ago. And again, like you said, you don't have to worry about me, which I call yeah. bullshit on. That, that's what I was wondering. Do you think he's cracked his sex addiction? No. No. You don't think so? I don't think you can't. Yeah. Uh, I don't think so either. I think it's, it's a constant struggle with him, and that was the depiction of him battling it. Uh, the next scene is Joan telling Greg to go and never come back. Right. To, he he first thinks that, oh, well, she's come around. She wants me to go. No, she wants you to go, go. Uh-huh. Get out of here. And she makes a pointed reference uh-huh. to him raping her before they're married. Yeah, and, and, and this is a scene I didn't actually remember. I did not really? remember this dude because this is such a peripheral character for me. That I didn't remember it. Yeah. But I went back and I watched it on YouTube. Yeah. Totally yeah, forces rape. himself right there in her office. Oh, completely. And I yeah. thought that she had just kind of buried that. But I yeah. liked how she had it. Mm-hmm. And there was an interesting uh, – I read this article today. God damn it. I forgot to write it down. But they talked about this as if Mad Men is one of the most feminist TV shows on TV right now. And this huh. is a good example okay. of Joan like, you know what? I'm better off on my own than with you, and I'm making that choice. I'm not letting life happen. I'm taking control. Yeah. Yeah, and certainly that's the case with both Joan and Peggy. They are – The last image of the baby sleeping between her and her mom Uh and Joan kind of like looking at – she's not unhappy. She's just kind of like – seems like she's at peace as they're playing – she seems resolute, like in what she now has to do. That and they're playing that song about the guy hitting her, and it felt hit it hit me, and it felt like a kiss. Yeah, holy yeah. shit! Uh, th- 
there is one small scene before that where Peggy wakes up and finds the note that Don left her. But but yeah, we can just move right. on. Oh yeah, whatever. This uh, is the ending montage that they that the, that they like to do. Yeah, I looked up this song and I, it's pretty fucking obvious it's from, from the Sound of Music, right? Uh, no, it's not. By the way, I've seen the fucking Sound of Music. Uh-huh. I got a lot of people like, "Oh my god, I can't believe you!" I've I'm seen... the one who's never seen it. Yes. <laughs> the, oh, you okay? I actually haven't seen it because no. I was just kind of joking around, like agreeing with you, but I I thought we were just playing ha ha. No, no, I've never seen it. You are culturally ignorant jim what the I hell am. i am <laughs> in some areas in some respects you've probably I'm not seen Casablanca either uh no no I <gasps> i've seen parts of citizen kane does that help not really let's no. move on <laughs> uh, uh i know what rosebud is does that help <laughs> uh so i looked up the lyrics for this he hit me it felt like a kiss song by the crystals is actually the name of the band uh it's pretty obvious Based on the first lines, he hit me and it felt like a kiss. He hit me, but it didn't hurt me. Uh, the, the lyrics are really short here. I'm just going to read them all. Uh, he couldn't stand to hear me say that I'd been with someone new. And when I told him I had been untrue, he hit me and it felt like a kiss. He hit me and I knew he loved me. This is where it really gets weird. Uh, if he didn't care for me, I could have never made him mad. But he hit me and I was glad. Uh, and then it goes to the chorus again, uh, and then last is, and then he took me in his arms, and with all the tenderness there is, when he kissed me, he made me his. So this this song, the background of the song is that uh, what was the what was the murderer's name? It was Speck, right? Yep. Which is weird because uh, Phil Spector is the guy who wrote this song. <laughs> No, this was like this was written by the singer and yeah, Carol King, uh, Jerry Goffin, uh-huh. I guess is the name. Yeah, uh, but it was basically about her the singer boyfriend who Little Eva, yeah, who hit her, beat uh-huh. her, uh, abused her, and she thought that that was his way of showing love. Right. Uh, pretty fucked up message. But an apt one, considering the the material in this episode. Yeah, I also thought that you know a lot of times the the wiener plays a song that mm-hmm. complements a character's actions or thoughts, and I mm-hmm. thought this is actually Peggy's rejection of that. Oh well, certainly Peggy. I mean, I'm sorry, and Joan, Peggy and Joan. Yes, they're those characters. I feel are the strong ones in this episode, mm-hmm. but there are others who enjoy the abuse. For instance, Pauline. Mm-hmm. Pauline, she has this view of her father. He hit me because he loved me. Okay. He's teaching me valuable lessons. Uh, but yeah, it's a pretty dark message. Yeah. Yeah. So, and that's the end of the episode. Uh, I have a couple questions. Okay. I did want you to to speculate on the title mystery date. I already did. What do you think? I laid that shit out. out. Eh, you kind of did. Yeah. <laughs> it's about the board game and the doors opening and how well the characters all match up. All right, fine. Boom. Uh, we'll, Boom. We'll move Done. on. Next question. A lot of people are speculating that Ginsburg might be a Holocaust survivor <laughs> and that they're going what? that direction. What do you think about He's that? He's fucking old enough. Next question. He is old enough. He's the war late was over. 20s. He's 28. Oh, he is 28? And from what I remember last episode, yeah, I think he's like 27, 28, isn't he? So he was like literally like Magneto. A- he got out of there as a seven-year-old boy? Yeah, he would have been a young kid. Yeah. So <sighs> they're, they're speculating that, that the reason that he didn't like those crime scene photos is because he's seen similar things 
from the Holocaust. See, now I what, don't buy this one little bit. What I got, what uh, what the speculation I saw last week was his father's a Holocaust survivor. Fair enough. Which yeah. was a little bit more believable and mm. would also explain why he's uncomfortable with this kind of base cruelty to humans, humanity. Yeah. So, yeah. okay, I'll buy that. All right. Um, ah, my other question was about it was stupid Andrew and dumb, being a more recent it? fling, so we'll skip that one. Yeah, I, I just about nailed it. that too. Next question. There are no more questions. Oh. That's it. That's the episode. Uh, the next one's going to be called Signal 30. Hmm. I don't know what that means, but hmm. I'm sure we'll find out within the context of the episode. And if we don't, at the end of it, we'll research the shit out of it. Yeah, we, we actually will. got quite a bit of complaining, some bitching, if you will, bitching. about us not having our facts straight and us appearing that we didn't know what we're talking about when it comes to uh, the Mad Men. You know what? Oh, wait. Uh, uh, think what you're going to say. Think what you're going to say. I'm, I'm going to say we do three or four other podcasts, some of them simultaneous. This is mouse on your pocket. <laughs> some of them simultaneous. Uh-huh. And it's a little more work than you might think. Yeah, but still. To keep, the, to keep everything straight in your head. Yes. I don't remember a lot of what has happened in previous seasons, as we get more into the season, my memory will be refreshed, but it's difficult in the pilot to remember every single thing from all four seasons. If we- and having the luxury of looking things up when you hear us misstate them on the podcast yes, and writing into us is different than recording in real time. Yeah. And it's a thing. That's like, what I'm saying. Because you've always got the tension of, I should just not have that thought. Because we got our outlines, but then mm-hmm. we don't practice this shit. We just sit down. <laughs> yeah. We sit down with the independent outlines and we spit at each other. Yeah. We don't do much editing, if any. There's always a question of, like, should I bring this up? Mm-hmm. Or if I don't know the answer, should Am I? I going to sound like a dumbass. Yeah. So it's like I err in a caught side of saying what I think. And then I, sometimes mm-hmm. the listeners, what they say in return is really interesting. And we kind of like that. If you don't. Yeah. I, well, I don't want to say don't write in and let us know because it's always good uh, to refresh my memory. And I do appreciate the feedback. But just cut us a little more slack, please. Well, I, the other we thing do is, a lot of these things, and I'm trying for one to get better because I spend a lot of time researching some historical things that I might have just been like, I don't. Because yeah. the other thing is, I don't think any of that stuff is vital to your understanding of the episode, which is why I also didn't bother yeah. to look it up. But now I'm like, okay, if if, if listeners want to hear that, I'll look it up and I'll have my facts ready. Yeah. So there you go. So sorry, I guess. <laughs> <laughs> sorry. For, uh, well, thanks for addressing. All of thanks for addressing the uh, cri- the uh, the controversy. No problem. Shall we get to the feedback? Do it. We heard from four different listeners, I believe: Charlie, Michael D, Mary That's J. That's it. Uh, no, just on the fact that Margaret is Peggy's <gasps> actual name. <laughs> yeah, Peggy is a common yeah. nickname for Margaret. Where did that uh, come from? I don't know, man. I didn't know that. Did I'm you? Com- no, 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 no. I had no wow. idea. Uh, I don't know mm. if that's a generational thing, but, like, I don't even know how you get Peggy for Margaret. I even looked up the entomology, uh-huh. and there's not a good answer for how the hell – like, you know, uh, Mad Brew looked up how – why people called Eddard Stark mm. Ned. Ned. Yeah. And apparently it's an old English the, – the, really his nickname is Mine Ed. Hmm. Uh, mine Ed, like, you know, like, you're, mine, you're my Gino. You know, that's a very old-timey way of being like, that's my boy. And they'd okay. shortened it to Ned. So I kind of get where, but Peggy from Margaret, 
<laughs> that seems really uh, far reach there. But anyway, it's it's a, a common fact, and we heard it from uh, oh Cecily yeah. also actually just before I set them to cast, you te- uh, texted in like you didn't know that, so I feel like an no. idiot. No idea. Uh, Mary J also continued says, "Hey, love your podcast. In fact, I'm a regular listen to your Mad Men as well as Game of Thrones, Justified, and Walking Dead cast. Wow." I hope you like Breaking Bad because then we're five for five. Yeah. Uh, I'll probably be writing to you again in the future since you specifically requested a woman's viewpoint. Yes. But I'm originally from New York City, though I live in Indiana now like you two. I'm very sorry to hear that. (laughs) Uh, I've worked in advertising. I grew up in the 60s. My sister was. Is this Peggy writing in? Well, no, it's Mary Jane. Pay attention. No, sorry. My sister was probably. I thought it was a nickname for Mary Jane. (laughs) It is. That's a short form of Margaret. Yeah. Mary Jane. Uh, my sister was probably about the age of Sally at the time frame Mad Men is set in, and I was probably about Bobby's age. I don't think huh. Peggy was ever really – so this is – she might be our embedded reporter for the 60s in yes. the much same way Ted is our embedded reporter for Harlan County. County. Yep. Uh, I don't think Peggy was ever really serious about wanting Don. She might have been curious and perhaps even enjoyed a mild flirtation or the possibility thereof, but I don't think her professionalism and drive to become a serious advertising professional would allow her to take flirtation or curiosity any further. In my opinion, Peggy's shock at the news that Don and Megan were getting married may have been more of a reaction to how Megan was getting ahead in the company by marrying her way up, and Peggy was dedicating her life to the company and not really being appreciated. Solid. Yeah. Solid. Thank you for the viewpoint, uh, Mary, and continue bringing that uh, perspective to us, please. Uh, Seabrook wrote in, I just listened to your Mad Men 503 Tea Leaves episode. Do you think your age is a handicap to understanding some of the cultural influences? I was surprised to hear that you didn't know that Peggy was a nickname for Margaret. And I was also (laughs) surprised to hear that you have not seen The Sound of Music. Is that an age thing or a guy thing? After all, it grossed $158 million, which back in 1965 is huge. I think it's an age thing. And a guy thing. But the thing uh, is, yeah, I've seen it. So what the hell? I'm not gonna. I'm not gonna take <laughs> yeah, that on the chin. Why did you not know that? I'm. I'm just not a musical guy. I don't. I don't do musicals very much. I, I actually. I, I've seen them. I saw. Uh, this is. This is a contrast to my rough uh, visage exterior. Uh-huh. I love musicals. Uh, I gotta say, I'm I crazy loved, about that shit. I loved Moulin Rouge when I saw it, but uh, I haven't seen. But you've never gone others. and seen a musical like live. Nah. Mm-hmm. I you wanted to see, see uh, Les Miserables will change your life. Lion King is good. And I wanted to see uh, the, what's the Mormon one, South Park guys. Da- I, we should see that together. Book of Mormon. We yeah. should see that together. Well, it's only playing in on Broadway in New York. So uh, The Lion King's costume is good, but I, was really, I thought it was off-putting how exaggerated some of the acting was. Hmm. Like, they really got in the whole, hey, we're cats, but we're people thing. They're running around doing all this crazy... Like cats? Yeah. Musical. Yeah. <laughs> I have seen that one. Only more so. You've seen Cats? Yeah. Well, you're not as not big as a musical nonstop as I thought. Anyway, look forward to our new podcast about Broadway musicals <laughs> coming out I next, seen, next year. I've seen Doctor Horrible as well. That's okay, we're one. moving on. LaToya <laughs> said, hey, in reference to Peggy Don relationship dynamic, I think the actress that plays Peggy has said in interviews that there is no romantic link there. So that's definitive, right? Word of God says... There's nothing. I'm completely wrong. Yeah, yeah. And pretty much every woman I've heard chime in on this says no. I know nothing, nothing about women. Ask my girlfriend. She'll 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 confirm that. <laughs> All right. Uh, Levi from our personal arrogance crew. I did not yeah. know he was a Madman yeah. fan, but he is. Found that out. If you'd this like weekend. to, we have our affiliate link pa.baldmove.com. If you'd like to check out their podcast <laughs> on geek culture. Yep. Uh, I assume in today's cast, 
it may come up against the argument about whether or not Don's fever-induced sexual romp counts in determining who called how many episodes before he cheats. <laughs> First of all, Levi, I've won that bet. You have. We said three Handily. was the over-under, and it's now four. Unless he so. never cheats again, in which I guess it's a push. Mm-hmm. Uh, he cheats any time after now, I've, I've won the bet. Uh, but... We're going to argue anyway because it's funny. I like to submit a precedent that exists in my wife's family. They firmly believe in the concept of dream crime. The idea – lots of women do. This is very nice. I'm about – I, I have a vein throbbing my forehead right now. <laughs> the idea that if you have a dream where a friend or family member wrongs you in some way, it is well within your rights to hold it against that person. Therefore, I'd argue that Don can be held accountable for his cheating because my wife would certainly hold me accountable, and that means Jim called it. Wow. Levi, I don't know if you're aware of this, but I run a battered men's shelter in my home, and I would like for you uh-huh. take the bus from Connecticut, flee – you need to spend a couple weeks getting rehabilitated if you're if you're if you're spousing that. He's got Stockholm syndrome. It's it set in. It doubles as a butcher and a restaurant as well. <laughs> Limehouse. <laughs> uh, that is unless I I feel like I deleted maybe accidentally deleted a bunch of feedback, but that's all I got. That's it. So I feel like there was a lot more than that in my inbox. Um, maybe I'm thinking of the Facebook thread that went on. Oh, possibly. Yeah, Facebook um, uh, seems to be pretty active. It is. There's, gotta, a lot of, like, a one, there's a lot of one-liners that it's hard to discuss here. Um, oh, I'll go yeah. into some of them. Um, Noel Al- uh, Captain Noel Albano wrote in, <laughs> and she says she's loving her new nickname, by the way. Um, ultimate question. <laughs> so she's propounding that this isn't all a dream. Oh, she boy. goes, did Megan clean up the body? Maybe she learned some chemical body dissolving techniques from Walt, <laughs> along with the entire season having a generational theme. If there's a pink barrel in the living room next episode, <laughs> I'm calling it. That's a floating grizzle. Uh-huh. Uh, along with the entire season having a generational theme, I picked up on a lot of mom themes specifically for this episode. Hmm. Henry's totally awesome uh, dowager mother. Uh, Don's hallucinatory battle of the night with Megan to baby him in the morning. Joan and her mother flanking baby Kevin in the bed. Mm-hmm. Uh, and he says, man, Roger's clock is ticking so loudly I can barely concentrate anymore. It's sad to see an elder <laughs> statesman die away. Yeah, man. I don't think he's going to make it. Really? I've, I, yeah. We'll talk about this later, but I don't think Roger's going to make it. Um... Arjun says, another Facebook fan, uh, Don showing us shades of Patrick Bateman. Arjun's following us through all of our shows. Uh, he is. What is Patrick Bateman? Uh, that's from American uh, oh, Psycho. Yeah. 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 Totally, totally psychotic. Uh-huh. Uh, also, Henry's mom is an uber bitch, just as bad as Betty, if not worse. Disagree. I actually think <sighs> she's not as bad as Betty because she's... Having some sort of honest conversation with yeah, Sally. And I do want to say that I think Sally does need some discipline, but she, she, neither of them are going about it the right way. Well, and he also says, and I really don't like this road Sally's going down taking the pills. Hopefully it's just a one-time thing, but I doubt it. Hell yeah, I doubt I it. I've been calling that it. shit for seasons now. Yeah, you have. That she is going to get totally... It's it's going yep. to be awful soul sucking experience. Strap in and enjoy it, uh, baby girls and boys, because it's uh-huh. going dark places. Oh, Sally's yeah. going very dark places. Um, he also liked how they juxtaposed the scene that had the dead girl under Don's bed as Sally sleeping under the chair, mm-hmm. uh, which was a, of course a reference to the spec girl, the spec uh, murders that we talked about. Yep. Uh, let's see what else. 
Um, okay, I think that's it for the feedback. That's it? Yeah. All right, do the outro then. Let's, uh, uh, if you like to keep up with uh, what Jim and I are doing, mm-hmm. we're doing a lot, and you can find it all at baldmove.com. We've already talked about all the podcasts, so I'm not going to belabor we it. We've cool. we got to watch Justified as the season premiere starting about right yeah. now, so we've got to get down for that. Excited. Um, I feel sorry for all you people that, that uh, haven't followed that because it's amazing. Start at season two. You've only got two seasons to watch. Yeah, and they're all do good. It. Yeah. So... If you like to do that, baldmove.com. If you like to get in on all of the funny people on Facebook, uh, mm-hmm. talking about the episodes, seeing when our latest episodes drop, facebook.com slash baldmove is where I live. Jim lives down the block a little bit at Twitter, at baldmove. Yep. You can uh, tweet at him in real time there. Uh, you can reach us both at madmen at baldmove.com. We get both of those things, and sometimes you get a response from both of us. Lucky you. Sometimes you get a response from neither of us. If we read you on the cast, I don't double dip. Yeah. You yeah. get considered once. Uh, if you like to support us, there's three main ways to do so. Tell a friend. If you like talking to Mad Men and who doesn't, uh, tell it to your friends. Baldmove.com. Uh, iTunes, we've gotten quite a bit. We're over 30 already in the first week. That's nice. Yeah, without and setting a goal. That's pretty we're cool. We're in new uh, Game of Thrones, our, our Night's Watch and Mad Men Happy Hour, both sitting in the top 20 new and notable Whoa, on iTunes. Thank you guys. And that's for all that. that's for awesome. you guys rating us, mm-hmm. writing reviews, and subscribing. All that adds to our heat index, and we bubble up to the top where the human rankers can pluck us. And save us from obscurity. So we appreciate that. It helps us audience grow. Third main way is Amazon.com. Affiliate link, bald mo- or Amazon.baldmove.com. Mm-hmm. We also have a prominent banner at the top of our page. And the way that works is... Yeah, people were saying that they could well, get to find that. it. Oh, okay. But yeah, people well, were saying they were having trouble finding the link, so I put up a... Now we've got banner. a big old banner. And again, baldmove.amazon... Nope, sorry. I screwed it up. Amazon.baldmove.com. Yep. If you're buying stuff on Amazon, please use our link because it just takes the money that Amazon is going to keep anyway. It doesn't add anything to your order. doesn't add anything to shipping. It sends it our way. I will say we've gotten a couple complaints or a couple of forwarded mm. messages uh, uh, that Amazon might be using some unfair worker practices in their, in their shipping sense. Yeah. That was shocking to me because we have a big fulfillment center here in Indianapolis, yeah. and it's one of the places that – uh, people love to work for uh, mm-hmm. because you get paid. But now you do work a lot, but it's all uh, overtime, and seems people people are treated fairly well. They talk well about it, and a lot of this stuff seems like it's coming from off brand or um, subcontracted warehouses that Amazon's doing mm. practice with. I'm bothered by it because yeah. you know I like I like people to be treated fair at the workplace, and some of the stuff I heard I did not like. Uh, so we're looking at some other ways that we can get some support, too, uh, and we'll be thinking about that in the next couple of weeks. Obviously, I hope that I'm a big Amazon supporter. I hope Jeff Bezos sees this bad publicity and it raises awareness and gets some transparency and they can do some tweaks and fix so we can continue using them. But I understand if you've got that concern and, and we're looking for alternative ways to get some, some support. So, yeah. But for those that do, it really helps us because the bandwidth is expensive and we spend a lot of time on this and it's nice to, to have that taken care of for us. So, And uh, we get the keeps us flowing the Canadian club. Yeah, the Canadian Club is not cheap. Actually, it is really cheap. It is super cheap, especially <laughs> when you buy it in a plastic like bottle. Johnny Black or anything. It's <laughs> We're not buying the Don 15-year reserve. <laughs> no. It's the six-year plastic bottle stuff for us. Yeah, so uh, anyway, that's all I've got. Uh, we're not doing a spoiler section on Mad Men yep. until – we need until we we the facts demand it until uh-huh. there's some juicy spoilers we need to discuss. Mm-hmm. So 
That's not. That's definitely not where your money's going. It's not supporting spoilers. <laughs> yeah, those nasty spoilers. I'm just babbling. That, Someone save me. Yeah, I'm going to jump in here and say yeah. that that's the end Cut of the episode. Yeah. Throw me out. Uh, as we're not doing spoilers, that's it for tonight. And we will see you next week. As always, I'm Jim. And I'm Aaron. Bye. <laughs> he hit me. And it felt like a kiss. He hit me.